Hello, and welcome to a God Shift podcast. I am your host, Shana Rattler. I am a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. In these episodes, you will learn how to grow your faith, overcome adversity, and move into a greater destiny. Individuals, organizational leaders, and ministry leaders share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Hey everybody, it is uh, your girl Shana Rattler and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift. I am just tickled pink that you all are here and if you're listening to this, I want to ask you a favor. So wherever it is that you are listening to this podcast, so whether it's on your phone, your laptop, your tablet, I would love if you would just take a screenshot. And when you do, will you please post that screenshot on your social media? Tag us here at A God Shift. And then I would just love to hear your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway from this specific episode so that we can get this into the hands as in the hands of as many people as possible. As many times as a week as I say that, you would think that I wouldn't still get tongue tied, but clearly I do. So why do I do that? I do that not for vanity metrics, but I do that because I want to help as many people's lives as possible. So whether they are looking to gain hope, overcome adversity, um, grow their faith, whatever it is, I want to make sure that we're doing our part to get this in the hands of as many people as possible. And I know that my guest today is not going to disappoint in helping the people out there in a Godship land. So I'm going to read her bio and then we are going to get to her. And I'm just going to tell y'all now, if you're listening to the audio of this, you are missing out because she's one of the most gorgeous people I've ever seen in my life. So I'm going to encourage you to stop and go over to YouTube so you can see how cute she is while she talks. <laughs> You are too sweet. That's the vanity in me. All right, here we go. So my guest today helps free families from their addiction to devices. That I got an ouch when I read that. She has a degree in international relations and worked as a press aide for former California governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. These days, she is a stay-at-home mom and foster mom to six kids ages 12 and under. That makes me tired. No wonder you don't have time for devices because you've got six kids at home, 12 and under. So everyone, welcome to the show, Molly DeFrank. Thanks so much for having me, Shana. I've got my coffee right here. I am tired a lot of the time. So, so your my afternoon is, cup. Yeah. Your coffee is your devices, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So I want to get into this conversation, but before we do, I want to lay a little bit of a context because this platform is called a God shift. And while people love the intriguing sound of that, they typically have no idea what it is. So for me, a God shift is the moment you unlock your kingdom authority, collide with God's purpose, and that's when you move into a greater destiny. And my personal definition of kingdom authority is like the birthright that we were given by God in order to play our role in making his promises come to life and in making scripture come to life. So I'm curious, Molly, what's your own personal definition of kingdom authority? Yeah, you know, what comes to mind right away is Romans 6 um, and the promise that we have that for those who are in Christ, that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is at work within us, is alive in us, giving us life. 
And I mean, it doesn't get much more powerful or and authoritative than that. So um, I guess in the context of, of what we're talking about today, because um, I could probably keep talking about God's authority and how it's worked in my life over and over, um, I think of the kingdom authority that when we put our lives in submission to God, um, when we're pursuing him, that um, we can take his, um, the authority that we have, that he's given us, especially as parents, yes. um, to, to take back that authority and that influence. It's beautiful. It's by design and to put up boundaries and barriers for our kids, for their good and for God's glory. And we can do that in the home. And that's the God shift that I'm excited to talk to you about today. I love that you reference kingdom authority as it relates to parenthood. You're the first guest that I've had that has chosen to take that route. And I, what I really love about it is that highlights what I feel like I have been preaching in this message, you know, preaching with this message for this season of my life is that we actually have a role to play. And there are things that we can make happen in our lives, in the lives of other people. And I'm not talking about some wonky woo woo new age edge got out and only focus on you. But I like, I liken it to when you're in a relationship, whether you're working on something in your personal life, or if you're working as a group on a project, it's never any one person's responsibility in that relationship to do everything. And when we think about parents and the things that we would like to see happen in our children's lives, whether we're conceptualizing that before they're born or maybe they're going down the wrong path, whatever it is, we probably can have a tendency to go, oh my goodness, I need to go to God and I need to pray to him and I need to tell him what I need him to fix and what it is that I need him to do. What I love about what you're saying is that when we're actually surrendered to God and we recognize that the spirit of God rests in us, that if there's things that we need to happen in our children's lives, that we actually have the authority to do some of those things ourselves and not always going to another person or dare I say, regardless of how powerful God is, we don't have to just go to him either. Can you, can you unpack that a little bit more as it relates specifically to, to parents? Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about where God's word directs parents and, and, you know, in his graciousness, he gives us a lot of latitude in how we parent our kids. We're all wired differently and our kids are wired differently. And so he doesn't, you know, command us to thou shalt homeschool every child, or, you know, we have to eat, feed our kids organic food or any of that. But where he is clear, you look at, I think about Deuteronomy six, and he tells parents, he, he gives them all these commands for how to live. And then he says, talk to your kids about me all the time. When you're walking down the road, when you're rising up, when you're laying down, um, teach them his commandments. Um, and when he says that to parents, we want to take that really seriously, but we're living in a culture that it's normal to have all of those in-between moments filled up with devices. Um, our kids, our families, our homes, we are drowning in digital entertainment. If it's not our kids looking at a screen, it's us. You know, we are just constantly inundated with messaging and entertainment. And so believing good parents, these are the people that I help. They're really great parents of phenomenal kids. They're just feeling kind of stuck. They're seeing the negative effects of so much influence going into our kids. And yet God's design 
design is that parents are positioned uniquely. No one else has this authority in our kids' lives. No one else has this position, but God gave it to us. And we are willingly handing it over to a device, to whatever influencer is on the other side of that device. And meanwhile, our kids' mental health is suffering. Their formation of their worldview is being completely molded by whoever's on the other side of that and what I would just encourage parents with is it is time to take that back. If the if the pendulum has shifted too far this way and your kids are getting, you're seeing the negative effects. And sometimes that looks like tantrums or defiance or age inappropriate tantrums, I should say. If your kids seem like they're obsessed with their devices, they probably are. Um, there are physiological reasons for that. There are there is a hole that those things have on your kid's brain. It's related to the dopamine that's going on in there. They engineer them to be addictive. Same technology they use in um, gambling in casinos. Yeah. So, so you're not crazy. You're not imagining it. your kids aren't uniquely faulty, but we are living in a day and age when parents, we need to take a time out and stop looking around and say, what's average, what's average. And instead say, what do my kids need? And what can I do to put technology in its right place in my home? You know, I want to rewind to something that you said before you gave the specific um, examples of the devices. When you mentioned something as simple, because I'm a how girl, right? Like I'm, I'm always like, don't just tell me what to do and why I should do it. Like, tell me how to do it. And I really love that simple way of incorporating, because as parents, we already have so much to do. The last thing I want them to do is I'll go, oh my gosh, I'm going to turn this off right now because I don't need another thing that I need to do as a parent. But I love the example that you gave when you said, if you want to exercise your kingdom authority as a parent in your children's lives, it starts at home. And you can do something as simple as whatever your day-to-day routine is. Like a lot of families may not be walking, you know, taking walks with their children, but a lot of times you're driving them to school or you're walking them to the bus stop. And you can share the goodness of Jesus with them during that time together. You know, if you are at dinner, first of all, put the device down. I would have said that even if you weren't my guest, but there's so many opportunities that you have to teach their children about the way God should be operating in their life. And that's a form of authority. Absolutely. It's about reclaiming those moments that we've sort of given away slowly over time. And now we're kind of looking at the situation and assessing it and going, something's off. And we want to fix it. And what most parents find, what we found after doing it, after trying to tweak the number of minutes every day for a decade, because yeah. my kids were born in 2009 was my oldest, and it just wasn't working. It, we weren't seeing the results that we wanted. It was still tantrum, still sibling fightings like crazy. And it wasn't until we took it all away and did this detox that we finally were like, oh my gosh, we've been numbing our kids out instead of parenting them. And it gives you a minute to kind of take a breath and then say, where do we want technology to work as a tool for us? And then after the detox, you put it back in based on your parental authority, your observations. Nobody knows your kids like you do. So you use both your observations from your detox. And then also I have some tools in the book too, to really just help parents get a better handle for, well, gosh, most parents I help, actually every single parent I've helped who's come back to me has said two things. Number one, this blew our mind how quickly and how effect, how quickly it worked and how effective it was. But number two, none of them wanted to banish all technology forever. They yeah. all wanted it to just serve them better in the home. And so that's, that's realistic, right? Like it's not realistic about the fact that one, I know, you know, my son's 25 and anytime as a child, probably even now, 
that I tried to force him to go all the way in one direction. It had the, t- the uh, propensity to backfire. So, yeah. you know, technology is such a part and devices are such a part of their lives that if you try to take everything all the way away from them that their friends have access to, that's not going to do anything but make the situation in the house worse. And plus, technology really can make learning fun and easier and more effective. So you're saying like, I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm just saying like, how do we moderate it or have it in moderation, right? Exactly. Yeah. Technology used as a tool is technology that serves our family really well. Um, And so what we created was this posture towards technology. After our detox, we had a little bit more clarity and we saw, okay, we want to use technology as a tool um, to create things, you know, if our kids want to use it to, to make something or, you know, they look up paper airplane videos or recipes or whatever. Awesome. We don't even count. We don't even keep track of that. Um, or if we want to use it to connect as a family, frankly, we actually very much enjoy digital entertainment in our home. We, we love watching things together. So to connect, to create, we use it. We don't stress out about it. We don't feel legalistic about it, but when it came time to isolating and consuming, we just got rid of that altogether. We found that tablets were really negatively impacting, especially our young kids. Interactive digital entertainment impacts those young kids way more than we knew in the early 2010s when like the iPad came out in 2011. We didn't know what it did to the brain. We know now. So if you're listening and you're like, yeah, my kid flips out when I take it away. Well, there's, there's science behind that. And I go into that in the book too, to explain it. You're not crazy. Your kid's not uniquely flawed. This is designed to get them really hyped up. So you can absolutely course correct here, but you said something interesting too, about your son. And I want to, um, just to clarify the, the detox is going to look different for younger kids, like 10 and under than it will for like those tweens and teens. Um, And that's because our parenting role, our parenting authority changes as we're parenting, as we're ready. Yeah, exactly. As we're trying to launch kids out into the world to make their own choices, to be independent. And so, you know, the book is really geared towards parents of up to maybe 12 or so. Um, If you have kids older than that, you can absolutely get the book and use it. But there are two main tweaks that I recommend. Um, And that is number one, you're going to kind of, rather than imposing this on your older kids and saying, this is what we're doing, put it all away. TV's going off. That's not your posture for your older kids. Your posture is invitational. It's kind of like if you were recruiting your family to go on like a sugar cleanse with you, you're like, okay, guys, I've got this crazy idea. I know it sounds hard, but these are the benefits of it. I think we should do it to challenge. What do you think? Do you want to participate? You ask them questions. You're inviting them into this thing. They get to make a lot of these own their own decisions in this realm. Um, and then the second thing I recommend for older kids is you need to get some skin in the game. With younger kids, two, three, four, five, you can take away those tablets. You can take away their screen time for two weeks. You don't have to worry as much about your own you know, show after your kids go to bed. I wouldn't stress out about that with your spouse. However, with those older kids, you don't want it to look like, do what I say, not what I do. So you got to get a little skin in the game. You got to pick an aspect, at least of your own digital consumption. You got to detox alongside those kids. Yeah, I love that. So you have a total of six children that you're responsible for. And so I can imagine that there have been at least one time, you know, even outside of, of the devices, which is a major part of, of so many people's lives, that there have probably been times that either something was you know, maybe not going well in a child's life. Maybe they had a bad experience or maybe they were having, you know, poor health. Like, what would you say has been a time with one one or even more than one of your children that you've had to say, you know what, 
this is an, an, an issue with this particular child. And I know there's something different that I desire. And I know that as their parent, who is a Bible believing mama, that there's something that I can do. How did you walk your authority out in one of those instances? Mm-hmm. You mean like when it came to actually setting the boundary and telling them this isn't going to work out, you're not going to be. It, it could be anything. Thing. I mean, it could be, you know, you vote, you, you had one of your children that was dealing with an illness and you took mm-hmm. authority in, in, in that situation. You know, I'm just curious, like if, you know, because I love the fact that this conversation is becoming all like, how do you, how do you have God given authority as a parent? And so there may be a parent that goes, you know what, a device is not necessarily the issue that I'm experiencing in my home, but maybe I have a child who is experiencing an illness. Maybe I have a child that is a little bit wayward in their, their lifestyle. Maybe they're not living the way that I, I raised them. How can they take authority as a parent that believes in God and actually assist God in getting things back on track, I guess is a better mm-hmm. way to say it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's good. I think the most powerful thing you can do for your kids is number one, pray. Mm-hmm. I think you pray with them, you pray over them, um, you pray in private, you pray all the time without ceasing. That's I'm in the middle of that season right now with one of my kids. And it's always alternating, you know, we yeah. we have trials of many kinds on this earth. Jesus says that that will happen. So we don't need to be surprised by it. Um, but, you know, just trusting that God is doing a work, he will redeem every bit of suffering, reassuring them, your kids of that too. And um, just taking taking that authority and knowing that when you're, if as a parent, if your life is submitted to God, um, if you are pursuing him with all of your heart and trusting him and walking in humility, you know, um, just know that he will redeem all of the pain and suffering that you, that your kid are going through. Um, and that no matter the arena, whether it's screen time or whatever, um, I also recommend, you know, seek counsel, people who know your kid, um, a pastor, a friend from church, whatever, someone in your small group, like when you ask people who are wise, who are also pursuing God first and, and they're affirming you in this thing that you're stressed out about, you know, this kid's making these choices, um, it, it could be that there are several different ways to handle that situation. And, and maybe God's just saying, yeah, what, how do you want to proceed? You know, maybe he's allowing you, um, to choose that, but, but yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I hope that if you're a parent, you're listening, that you just feel encouraged to, to use your God-given wisdom and discernment and your authority that God gives you as the parent, um, in your home to shepherd and train up your kids in the way they should go. Yeah. You said such a powerful word that most people probably skipped over and it was with. And this is the second time that you've given an example of, like you said, like if you're going to try to detox older children from devices, you have to have skin in the game and kind of do it with them. They have to see you doing it. Because like you said, the younger they are, sometimes it's like, no, you're just going to do this because that's what I said. Like, yeah, you don't have to understand it. You don't have to check it against anything other than like my dad said, because I said so. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But with some of the older children, you have to kind of do it with them. And I love the example that when you're like, hey, here's one of the best tips that I could give you. If you're a parent that's looking to, you know, exercise authority in your child's life, you said pray with them. And I think that that is such a good life lesson when we're trying to disciple our children to live a godly life and walk out a godly life is that 
we're not just in our prayer closets or in our rooms praying for our children, but we're actually praying with them and they can actually see how this thing is walked out. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you said that word with, because um, the foundation of all of this, of this whole, you know, this whole thing of parenting, it's, it's all in the bedrock of relationship with your kids. And there's gotta be the critical piece is humility. So when we're walking in humility and we're pursuing relationship with our kids and with God, and like, that's where the magic is. It's in that relationship and that humility. And I know that because that's how my dad was. That's how he lived. He was all about relationship. He was all about humility. And so because of that, because I knew that he loved me deeply and I wanted to please him. I wanted him to feel like, good job. I'm so proud of you. Um, that's That was the driving factor with me. Like I loved, I loved our relationship that we had as father daughter. And so I look, I think back on all those memories and I'm like, man, if I can just cultivate that in my home where I'm leading out in humility, um, where I'm leading out in my own faith and my own pursuit of God and then, and bring my kids in on that, showing them where I blew it, apologizing, owning my junk. It's like, that's the stuff. That's the, the powerful stuff where, where then our authority, it's almost like, I don't want to say easy because it's not always easy, but everything kind of clicks when you're pursuit, when you're prioritizing that relationship, that with. Yeah. It's the difference between simple and easy. It may not be easy to do, but it's simple to do if we'll just do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good word. Yep. So we're going to pause and we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit more about this whole digital detox because it just, it just blows my mind where we are as a world. And I don't have the answers, but I know you do. This episode is brought to you by the free guide, When God Says Shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to follow God's plan to move you into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. Head to GodSaysShift.com to access it now. So Molly, before the break, we talked um, a lot about the plague of devices in the, the modern world. You know, it's 2022. September the 1st, my goodness, of 2022, the date that we are recording this. And you talked a lot about like how as parents, you know, it's like a tri- I kept seeing a triangle in a lot of your answers. I kept seeing this three leg triangle. It was like, you know, one, not a leg, but one side of the triangle is your relationship with God. One side of the triangle is your role in the relationship of this authority and then your children, you know, have kind of, kind of a side as well. And I just kept seeing like this, this triangle in a lot of the answers that you were given, like, Hey, God has a role to play. We have a role to play. Our children have a role to play, but there can't be trying to make a a triangle with my hand. Mm -hmm. There can't be one side missing, missing of that or else we're going to, we're going to miss it. So I want to just go a little bit deeper in this digital detox, right? So if you have a, uh, because I'm sure that there's a lot of steps and we're going to get to your, your book in a second, but if you have a parent that is listening to this, that goes, I didn't even know that there was something that I could do other than just take it away or tell them they're, they're not to do it or be thankful that Apple came out with showing you how many hours that you're using a day and just kind of watching that. But if you have a parent that is listening to this episode and they go, I, I, I'm, with, I'm with you, sister. I've got to learn how to detox my family 
from this digital crisis? What would be the first step in the process? Yeah, I'll actually, I'll tell you the four steps and I'll, I'll start you off. And you can remember like this, I break this down in a lot of practical detail in the book, but just so for your listener to remember, I'll give it to you very simply. Um, you're going to undo the tech trance. So undo is an acronym and the U, which is the first part we've seen every successful detox has these four things in common. The U is unplug cold Turkey, two weeks. So that includes gaming, um, tablets, television, computers for fun, you know, all digital entertainment, you are taking it all away. I know your heart is stopping. I can feel your listeners palm sweating like in my brain right now when I, when I say that, and I know that's scary, um, because our kids are so reliant on it. But the reason you have to go cold Turkey is because something I alluded to earlier before the break, which is that dopamine component. Um, these Silicon Valley engineers have taken what they know about the brain and how it releases this feel good chemical, um, which is our brains are wired to release this pleasure neurotransmitter. Whenever we experience anything enjoyable, you eat a bite of delicious food or go for a walk, dopamine's released. Well, they've baked these dopamine release points into their apps and games. And now the amount of dopamine that's getting released in the brain is so excessively high that dopamine receptors are numbing out. So now we've got this addictive cycle where what once required this much dopamine requires, you know, a little bit of dopamine now requires so much more in order to experience the same amount of pleasure that they once had from less. And so now this is why your kids complain that real life is boring. When you say, just go play outside and they say, that's boring. That's why it's not their fault. It's a physiological change happening. If you say, read a book and they're not interested, if there's no screen involved, it's not their fault all the way. It's a brain thing. So that was a long explanation to just kind of elaborate on why it has to be cold turkey. If you just tweak the minutes of screen time on a daily basis, or say just at the end of the day, or just tomorrow, every other day, they're just going to be buying time until they get to their next fix. However, if you take it away for an extended period of time, you are resetting those dopamine levels, A, and B, you're giving them a chance to hit those boredom walls and say, okay, I need to find something else to do. And now they're flexing those muscles of what am I interested in? What can I create? What can I make? Who can I talk to? Those are skills now that they're using that they need for life. And they've been, I mean, numbing out instead of using those skills. So that's why you need to go cold turkey. So that's step one. I love that. And, you know, I think back to, again, my son is now 25. I actually just got off the phone with him right off after I hopped on with you, or right before I hopped on with you. And I can remember one time when Keelan was in probably, where were we living? So I'm going to call it sixth grade, seventh grade, somewhere in middle school. And he had some friends over and I asked them, I was like, you know, I'm curious because when I was young and I, I'm, I'm almost 45, I don't know how old you are, but when I was a child, Molly, they used to have to make us come inside. I used to have to make my son go outside. There were times that I put him out and locked the door. Right. And so I can remember one time when there were a handful of teenage boys in my home. And I said, I'm just curious, y'all, if we didn't have any electricity and we didn't have any batteries, name me four things that you all could do outside of basketball and foot, like a, like a sport. They couldn't think of a thing. And I just thought to myself, this is absolutely ridiculous. And now I realize now that it's something, you know, like physiologically that was happening in their brains that has stunted the creativity outlet to know what else to do if they don't have, you know, electricity or, or, or batteries. So I'm curious 
um, it just it just blows it just blows my mind where we are, you know, as a world. It's one of those things that you know, like when you're in an interview and they're like, "Well, tell me, you know, give me one of your strengths and one of your weaknesses." And you can have something that, in one regard, it can be a complete strength, but if overused or underused or whatever, it could be a complete weakness. And I feel like it's it's the same thing with technology as well. So before we begin to wrap up, um, I want you to tell us if there's any you know, last words that you would like to leave with our, our listeners, you know, as it pertains to, you know, using authority in their life or, or how we detox, just what would be your final words? And then we'll get into like where people can find you and, and how they can take things further with you. Absolutely. I would just encourage you parents that you can do this. You do not have to be a certain type of parent to do this. You don't have to be crafty or, you know, into Pinterest or very organized or whatever. You don't have to be any type of way. God put you at the helm in your home. And if you make this decision to do this, you can do it. If you're a single parent, you can do it. If it's a multi-generational home, you can do it. Um, it's just a matter of overcoming that, that hump there, which is the taking your parental authority back. So you got this thing. I just want to encourage you. Um, it's that initial fear that's scary, but but get the book and read it and, and take heart. You were put in this position for a reason and you can do this. I want you to finish this sentence for me. So if we were, if we have the sentence of how to detox your kids from the overuse of advice devices so that like what's, what's waiting for us on the other side of this? Because I, I want people to recognize that it's not just about some, something minor. So like, what are the positive results that we can expect? So if we're able to get over this hump and detox our families from these devices so that we can what? Like, what's the positivity on the other side? Yeah, so that you can connect as a family like never before, so that you can unleash your kids' hidden talents and interests um, so that they can bless the world with those talents and interests that if they're numbing out on devices with all their free time, they'll never discover those talents and interests. And, and, and God has given those interests to them. He wired them. He made them uniquely gifted for certain things. And, and we're not even getting to know those things. So the stakes are super duper high that, and the youth mental health crisis in our world right now is unprecedented anxiety, depression through the roof. There's a strong correlation between device use, too much device use and our kids' mental health. So they need us to step in and put it in its right place. They do not have the delayed gratification skills that you get in adulthood. The prefrontal cortex, the area where those skills are, are developed and honed, it's not finished forming until they're 25. So they need yeah. us to take that authority. They need us to, to set the boundaries um, and and just unleash your kids, watch them thrive. You will be amazed at the results, I promise. I love it. So Molly, how can we find you and follow you? Yeah, you can find me at my website, mollydefrank.com, or you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook. I upload my um, reels over to TikTok too. So yeah, I love sharing tips, practical tips with parents um, about putting technology in its right place. And I would love to hear from you if you try to detox your, your kids, your family. Let me know if you have troubles. If you, if you hit speed bumps, let me know. I'd love to coach you through that. Awesome. And if they want to get the book, is that at the website as well? Yeah. Check out the website. There's also some free bonuses there. How to convince a skeptical spouse. If you want to try this thing, your spouse is like, I don't know about that. Check out the PDF. It's free when you order the book. Um, I've also got dinner table, family table topics. There's some funny, some deep, some silly, 
check those out all free when you order. Um, yeah, it's all there. It's the book that I wish that I had before we detoxed our kids. That's what I wrote. So I, I love helping you with this. Yeah. Cause it's like, now what are we going to replace this with? So thank you so much. I'm going to make sure that the links to your social media and your website are in the show notes. So all that they have to do is click it. So Molly, thank you so much for being here today. I know that this, this blessed me and I don't even have a child in my house. So I can only imagine, you know, there's moms and dads listening to this going, yes, yes, yes. So thank you for being here, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of a God shift. Again, I would love if you would share this and I pray that you will go back and listen to previous and future episodes as well. It's Shana Rattler, your host signing off for the day. You guys have a great day. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.